I also can't imagine how difficult it would be to grow up in one culture and then you're raising your child in a whole nother culture that is completely different and how difficult that would like how difficult that would be and how much strain that would put on your family. You're listening to Atlas Now Streaming, the podcast where we talk about your favorite movies, television shows, and documentaries on streaming platforms. Atlas Now Streaming is produced by Atlas Med Staff with your hosts, Jamie Zerlingo and Nina Granger. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nina. Today we're talking about a show on Netflix that we've talked about in a couple of other episodes, um, but we decided to officially review it. We're talking about the new, uh, just released in April, um, I don't know, like a month ago, uh, the new Netflix series, Never Have I Ever. Like I said, we have talked about it before. Both Nina and I watched it. Um, I had been planning on watching it because it was uh, created by Mindy Kaling, who I love. If you do not know her just by name, she was um, Kelly Kapoor in The Office and the lead in The Mindy Project, plus tons of other stuff. She's wonderful. Um, But she created this show. It was released on Netflix on April 27th of this year. So like I said, just about a month. Um, I fell in love with this show. I think it's so sweet. And it's, I know we talk a lot about like coming of age teen comedies, which, you know, two of us being what, like 10 years past our teens. <laughs> um, it's still relevant, you know, and it's still enjoyable. Um, and I think anybody can enjoy a show like this um, just because it's high school students doesn't mean it's not funny or relatable at all, but it's, it's a great show. And um, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, it's on Netflix. There are 10 episodes. They're each about a half an hour long. So it's super easy to get through and you can watch it in a day or two. I know I did. Um, And like I said, it is created by um, Mindy Kaling and Lang Fisher. Um, Fun fact, it is partially based on Kaling's real childhood growing up in Boston. So I thought that was kind of cool. I can't even imagine her dealing with this. I mean, is the basis of the story the same as like did her i mean spoiler alert but did her dad die i don't know i don't know if it's just i'm growing up um maybe as like a first generation indian um or i southeast asian is that the is that the uh correct term um with um family that immigrated i'm i'm not entirely sure um but that's a really really good question i don't know um but uh let's get into our cast so it's actually relatively new actors. Um, we have um, Maitrey Ramakrishnan as um, Devi Vishwakumar. Um, again, with a mostly Indian cast, there are going to be some uh, names that I worked really hard to not pronounce incorrectly. Um, but um, Devi, she's a 15-year-old high school sophomore. She wants to improve her life. Um, Porna Yaga, or sorry, Porna Jagannath. Jagannathan as um, Dr. Nalini, um, who is Davy's mom. And the two of them have, I wouldn't say a difficult relationship, but they don't always see eye to eye. You, you kind of catch on very early in the show that Davy was very close with her father, um, who you learned in the very first episode passed away. Um, so uh, a lot of the show is her dealing with, you know, 
her and her mom's differences and kind of like when we talked about in the ladybird episode um just this time in your life as a teenager as a teenage girl um we all just have some of those tiffs with our moms but especially you know given her situation it's a little bit more complicated um we have richa morjani as kamala who is davy's cousin she is um, staying with her family while she is completing her PhD at Caltech. She's beautiful, and um, she's also in an arranged marriage. So that's kind of a little side story on, um, you know, traditions and Indian culture. And she has this secret boyfriend, and um, so that's kind of a little fun side story. Um, we also have Jaron Lewison as Ben Gross, who is a high, also a high school sophomore. And he is um, Davy's uh, nemesis at school. They're both very smart, so they compete a lot for grades. Um, and they also kind of have like a will they, won't they kind of uh, relationship towards the end of the show. And we also have um, Darren Barnett, who plays Paxton Hall Yoshida, who is a junior at the school and Davy's crush. And then the funny thing about the show is it's all narrated by John McEn- uh, McEnroe who um is a tennis player uh i don't really know tennis so like i knew who he was but like he's narrating the whole thing and he like makes a joke at the beginning like like why is this like older man narrating for a teenage girl that's kind of the joke but i I don't know i think it kind of fits just his like i don't know his demeanor is fun it's really funny too because i thought it was it was cute that they talk about how um her dad was like a huge fan of John McEnroe. So, um, yeah, they talk about that and they kind of point that out a few times in the series. And so I think it's cute that he is the narrator. I don't know if that's why he was chosen or if he is in like television or. Like I, I I recognized him. I think he was actually on an episode of SNL like a couple years ago. Um, but, um, but no, yeah, I, I didn't make that connection. I must have missed that, but that's that's really cool. Um, but yeah, he narrates the show. And actually, there is an episode where Andy Samberg narrates an entire episode, which is fun. Um, he There's a whole episode about Ben and his backstory, and Andy Samberg's the narrator for that, which I thought was really cool because I, I love Andy Samberg. A um, couple other characters we have, Lee Rodriguez as Fabiola, who is one of Davy's best friends. Ramona Young as Eleanor, who is another one of Davy's best friends. Um, Senthil Ramamurti as Mohan, who is Davy's father. He's only in a couple of episodes, of course, um, being um, a deceased character, but he was actually in the office. Um, he was actually Mindy Kaling's boyfriend for a couple of seasons. Um, and then we have a couple of other guests. Angela Kinsey, also from the office, plays Ben's mom. She's in a couple of episodes. And Iqbal Theba as Davy's uncle, um, who, if you remember, he was the principal in Glee. Um, so yeah, a couple of big names, but, um, as far as our lead Davy, she is, this is her first big role and she is, um, well, she's not 15, she's 18, but I really appreciated that they went out and actually found teenagers to play these roles. Um, I guess Mindy Kaling did like a, you know, like a talent search and they talked to like 15,000 or either they talked to or 15,000 girls actually auditioned for the role and they found this girl and the rest is history. But uh, let's get into the plot. So um, 
it starts off with kind of a flashback. Davy is actually, um, she is praying to praying to the gods um, to have a better sophomore year because her freshman year was kind of crummy. So um, as you know, her father passed away. Well, he actually has a heart attack at her like orchestra concert, like in the middle of the concert. So how traumatizing, right? Well, right after that happens, she is like paralyzed for like three months and can't walk. There's no explanation for it. And actually, some of the students even think that she faked it um, because she, um, of course, is able to gain her ability to walk again. Um, But of course, she had a really rough freshman year and she doesn't want to be, you know, treated with kid gloves. She doesn't want to be seen as, you know, the the sad story. She wants to completely reinvent herself. She wants a better year. She wants a better life for herself. So that's how the show starts. So she's praying to, you know, I want to have a better life. And she wants a boyfriend. She wants to have a hot boyfriend and to be popular and, you know, typical things that teenage girls want. Um, and, uh, so we start off when we meet her friends, Fabiola and Eleanor. Uh, Fabiola is really into robotics. Eleanor is into theater. And they are actually referred to as the UN by um, Ben. And at first, Davey thinks that it's uh, a racist term because they are all women of color. But he says that it actually means unfuckable nerds. So she's um, very offended by that. And she tells her friends, she's like, girls, we all have to get boyfriends. Then we'll be cool. And they're like, okay. Well, she actually finds out that Eleanor already has a boyfriend who is like a techie in the theater and she hid it from her. And I think actually Fabiola knew and Davy was like, oh shit. Well, now I really need a boyfriend. So she actually asks the popular boy Paxton, um, I think who's like taking English with them or something he failed. Um, so he's in a um, sophomore class and she asks him, can like, let's go have sex pretty much like very bold by the way, like good for her. I would have never had the guts to ask like a, a cool boy, something like that. It was really funny. She just kind of walks up to him and is like, would you like have sex with me basically? And he's like, sure. Like she didn't think he was going to say yes. She basically oh. was like basically about to humiliate herself willingly. And he was like, yeah, sure. Oh yeah. I had to give her props. And like, he was like, the fact that he was so willing to, he's just like, yeah, sure. Like, oh, okay. So um, she leaves orchestra class one day um, and meets him at his house. And um, that's when she meets um, his sister. He actually has a younger sister. Is it younger sister? I think um, that has down syndrome. And um, she comes back a little bit later, but um, she like compliments her outfit when she goes to the bathroom or something. And they kind of hit it off a little bit, but then um, Davey gets, a little nervous and she kind of chickens out and decides that she doesn't want to have sex yet. Um, and Paxton's like, all right. And I think they try it like one or two other times and she both times like has an excuse or just can't go through with it because she's just not ready for it. Um, and Paxton's like, whatever. But she actually tells her friends that they actually did have sex. Um, and so that kind of sparks a rumor throughout the show, um, that she's, you know, lying about, she even kind of says like they're like secretly dating, um, like he's her boyfriend when really they're just, I mean, they're friends, like they hang out, they talk, but um, obviously nothing has happened yet. Um, meanwhile, during all this school drama, like I said, Davy and her mom 
they don't always see eye to eye. Um, throughout the show, there's a lot of flashbacks to the night that um, Mohan died. Um, her parents were fighting actually over Davy, um, and uh, her mom said, like, you're too easy on her, um, and Davy was fighting with them that night. So there's a lot of flashbacks to that night. We learned slowly throughout the show kind of that dynamic, that family dynamic that um, Mohan was really close with his daughter. Um, they actually have some fun flashbacks because they moved to the States um, shortly after 9-11. Um, so there's some some comedic moments about that and them buying their house. And um, there's like a U2 song, Beautiful Day, that plays. And Mohan's like, it is a beautiful day. Like, he's just so... Um, just such a good dad and such a positive person. And you see a lot of that in those flashbacks. There's also a really great scene um, where um, Nalini, she is trying to sell his motorcycle and Davey's like, no, don't sell his motorcycle. Like, don't, don't do that. Um, and we see a flashback where they actually tried to conceive another child and they were unable to. Um, and of course, you know, Nalini was very upset and Mohan decided to take her on the motorcycle and take her to the beach to make her feel better. And so that, um, that's important later, but that scene is really, really sweet. I uh, loved that. And she decides not to sell the bike. So she keeps the bike for now. And it's been what, not even a full year since he passed away. Right. Yeah. It seemed like it was a really, um, I mean, it was obviously in the last school year. So I don't know if it was like at some point during the end of the school year before her sophomore year started so maybe only a few months really mm -hmm. but I do I do love those flashback scenes with him because again you don't really know him you just see these flashbacks but he seems like such a nice this great person um it's definitely obvious that um she gets along a lot better with him when she talks like just referring to him but then when you see these flashbacks of him you can tell why mm -hmm. I think he's kind of somebody that probably got along with everybody Oh yeah. And he always supported her, like, especially with her, she plays the harp. Um, and so he always supported her with that. And he was just such a great, just, just such a great father figure. And, um, I think Nalini, I don't know. I don't think she was jealous of that. I think it was, she never really was able to connect with her daughter in the same way that, um, her husband did. Um, so there's that, you know, that tension there a little bit. I also think that maybe, um, Davey connected more with her father because he he's not as like strict Indian culture as as much as her mom yeah um, as far as like what school needed to look like and what her extracurriculars needed to look like he, he kind of just wanted her to be happy whereas her mom wanted her to be like successful so I think that she just had like an extra layer of pressure really from her mom that was sort of like underlying the entire time that's true. There's even a funny scene where, again, shortly after they move to the States, they're at like a barbecue or something. And they're like, oh, no, 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 we don't eat meat. And then it cuts to Davy, and she's like eating a bunch of ribs. And yeah, she's very, very American culture. Um, but her mom is still very uh, traditional. And so yeah, they, they do clash with that. Um, also, like I said before, Kamala is living with um, the family while she gets her degree. She actually moved from India. And again, she's beautiful and um so Davy kind of she kind of feels like her mom prefers Kamala she kind of dotes on her um does everything to make her comfortable Kamala's like she's not mean or anything she's she's really sweet and it's funny because she does have this secret boyfriend from school and she has to try to break it off with him um because she's in the middle of an arranged marriage and I think his name is Steve right and uh he um uh, is like well no like 
I, I want to be with you. And, you know, you don't have to do what your parents want you to do. And she's like, it's, you know, it's culture. It's, you know, the way we are. And, um, but they still kind of secretly date, but, um, they actually <laughs> watch Riverdale, which is funny because actually the fourth season of Riverdale just got put on Netflix and I've been like waiting to go watch it. Um, but she watches it. She's like, all these sexy teenagers and like what, you know, doing whatever they want. And she actually like gets inspired by Riverdale to like continue on her relationship. So, um, meanwhile, um, Davy's friends, they are kind of dealing with their own issues. So Fabiola, um, she, d- she does have a boyfriend, but she's not really interested in him. And she actually has her eye on a female student named Eve. And so throughout the course of the show, she comes to terms with her sexuality, um, but she's afraid to come out to her family and her friends, especially her mom. Her mom seems to, you know, always asks her about boys and shopping and it's very girly activities and that's not really who Fabiola is. So she's a little worried about that. And Eleanor, um, so you learn that her mom is actually a traveling actress. She's on a cruise. Um, so she kind of has an estranged relationship with her mom. Um, and that comes into play later. Um Davy is asked to join Paxton's group for a class project, and one of his friends talks about a party that he's having, so she uh, kind of invites herself and goes, Um, and there's actually been a wild coyote in the area, and after seeing it, I think outside of her house, she believes it is her father reincarnated, so she, you know, with a little bit of liquid courage at the party, she sees the coyote again, and she approaches it thinking it's her dad only to be attacked. And so Paxton actually takes her to the hospital and he even takes a picture with her and he posts it on his page, not on his story, which I thought was so funny because it's like, that's so true. You know, it's like, there's such a difference with like how we post on social media, what it means. I just thought that was really funny. Well, if it's in your story, it's just temporary, but if it's on your page, it's forever. Exactly. <laughs> But then he makes a point that he's like, we're friends, right? And she's like, ah, just friends. Um, But then um, Nalini shows up and she's like, get out of here. What are you doing? And of course she's mad at her daughter and she grounds her. And, um, but um, she's seen as, I think they call her like coyote girl or something. They give her like a nickname for, um, you know, facing the coyote. And she's kind of, kind of getting brought into the cool group a little bit. Um, But then meanwhile with Eleanor's mom, Paxton actually saw her at a restaurant as a waitress and Eleanor's like, no, that can't be my mom. So, um, they actually, Eleanor and, um, Fabiola go to the restaurant and confront her. And, um, I don't think we learn yet, but she, she's obviously very upset. Um, and she ends up talking with her mom later and she's like, I didn't, you know, that she left the show or she was fired from the show and she didn't want to be seen as a failure. So she's actually been in town for a couple of months but of course, Eleanor's upset. Like, why didn't you tell me you've been in town? Like, I've missed you. You sent me all these postcards. So she's dealing with that, with her, the issue with her mom. And um, after all this is going on, this is where Fabiola decides to come out to Eleanor and they have a really nice moment and they go to call Davy, but she's actually out of town for a model UN tournament. She wants to get away, um, but she can only do it in a way that like because she's grounded it's for school project or school tournament so she's able to go and of course Ben's going too and they're you know rivals and um but they actually join forces to like get booze for all the kids in the hotel room and they actually kind of have a nice moment they decide to kind of put you know everything behind them let bygones be bygones but then Davy finds out that everyone is finding out about her relationship or her you know encounter with Paxton which 
obviously didn't happen. She blames Ben and she actually completely humiliates him during the tournament and says, um, I forget what country he's representing, but she's like, we let's go to war, like nuke them, like trying to get everybody else on board and um, is just being really inappropriate for a, you know, a high school UN tournament. Um, and of course, Ben's like, what's going on? Like, I thought we were friends. Um, and then of course, during all of this, Paxton finds out about Davy's lie and he is like calling and texting her and is very upset and is asking her why she would use him that way when they're supposed to be friends. So that's all going on. So pretty much everything's kind of falling apart for Davy. She's having these issues with her friends, with her mom, with Ben. Um, and I, I don't think I mentioned, but she is also in therapy and her therapist has been trying to get her to, you know, deal with her father's death. She doesn't think that she's dealt with it at all. And Davy's like, no, I'm fine. I'm dealing with it fine. Like she's just trying to find excuses when clearly it's a big thing that happened. And it wasn't even just the fact that her dad passed away, like very traumatically passed away. Um, to the point where she lost the ability to use her legs. I mean, so that's a big deal and she hasn't really been dealing with it. Um, but all of this going on, we do have a special episode that's just for Ben. Like I said, it is Andy Samberg narrating it. So that's a little fun bit. Um, before this episode, we don't know much about Ben other than that um, he is Jewish. His parents have a ton of money and he has this beautiful giant house. I um, mean, he's very smart. But we don't know that he's kind of a loner. He's kind of lonely. He's an only child. His dad is a Hollywood lawyer, doesn't spend much time at home. His mom's pretty aloof and they always go on these trips without him and, you know, blow him off. And so he's kind of alone. Um, and he's also dating this girl. Um, he does have a, like a popular pretty girlfriend, but you can tell that she doesn't really care about him, just his money. His best friend is his housekeeper. Yes. <laughs> so sad. You feel really bad for him. And like, I never really like I didn't like Ben in the very beginning, but I grew to like him a lot throughout the show. And this episode just really made me sad. Like that poor kid has nobody. And there's even that scene where like his girlfriend, they're like, what are they doing? Like eating cheese or something or like sharing a chip. I don't know what it is. And she's just trying to take a picture to post on Instagram and just like being so fake with him. Like, come on, take this picture with me. And he clearly is just like, you don't care about me. You just care about my family's money. And it's just, it's yeah. so sad to see what his life is really like. And there's actually this really, really funny scene where um, he uh, is talking with some guy on, I think it's Twitter or maybe it's Reddit about like Rick and Morty. And um, the guy is like, oh, hey, I'm actually in town. Like we should do a meetup. And it's this like older man. And Ben at first is like, whoa, what the hell? Like, this is creepy. And the man kind of is like, no, it's okay. Like, I get it. But then he decides to sit down with him anyway. And he realizes he's actually a creepy man. So he bolts. It's a really funny scene. And um, then Ben gets this like massive zit and he goes to see um, Nalini, who is actually um, a dermatologist. And she kind of can tell that he's going through some stuff. So she invites him over to dinner and Davy at first is really annoyed, but they actually get along. And um, Ben has an opportunity to kind of expose Davy and tell her mom like, hey, she was a total asshole at this UN tournament. But he doesn't. He, you know, kind of says like, she did great. She was awesome. And so they kind of make up a little bit. They're back to being somewhat friends. Um, but 
Meanwhile, during all of this, Davy and her friends, they're just kind of in a rough patch because they find out about the lie with Paxton. And so they're upset with her. She tries to make up for it and um, help Eleanor by actually reaching out to her mom. And um, then her mom again bolts because she sees Eleanor like practicing for the play. And she's like, this is my opportunity. I got to go on Broadway. And of course, Eleanor is devastated by this. And Davy has an opportunity to be there for her friend, but Paxton texts her and he's like, hey, you owe me. And so she abandons her friend for Paxton, who it's actually her sis- his sister who needed her. And it's actually cute. There's this little like fashion montage. You know, she's doing like a you know fashion project and needs a model. Um, and so uh, Davy and Paxton kind of make up a little bit, but in the process, she furthers her divide with her friends who um, decide to take a break from her um, because of, you know, just all the stuff that's going on. So during all of this, Davy decides to talk to her therapist and she keeps telling her she has all this pent up emotion from not dealing with her father's death and she needs to deal with it. And Davy's like insulted and says, I want a new therapist. So she leaves and um, being, I think she's still grounded. She um, sneaks out of the house and goes to a party at Ben's and um, her friends are there and Ben actually um, drinks a little bit and he tries to kiss Davy and she rejects him and leaves and he's embarrassed and she confronts her friends and in the process she accidentally outs Fabiola to the whole school and um, then Davy falls in the pool and Paxton gets her out and drives her home and gives her dry clothes and then they share a kiss um, which is really sweet Um, and then the next day Kamala's arranged husband and his family arrive from India and Davy needs to be on her best behavior Um, Kamala's boyfriend shows up and is trying to win her back um, he can't be without her. They are able to sneak him back out. Um, and then um, Kamala and her, the arranged husband, I forget his name. They they kind of have a conversation. They're, they like each other, but she's not really ready to get married and really neither is he. So that's, they, they're kind of on good terms with that. Um, but um, her mom knows all about the boyfriend and Davy's really upset because it seems like Kamala could do no wrong. And she's the daughter she always wanted. Paxton shows up to the house and he actually has Davy's dress that she left in his car. And of course she assumes the worst and thinks that, you know, way more stuff happened. And of course she finds out that she left to go to a party. So, um, and then she says some awful things about Paxton, how he's like a loser and whatever. And so he leaves and he's upset. Um, and then, um, her uncle who's visiting kind of spills the beans that Nalini has been planning to sell the house and move her and Davy back to India, which, Davy does not want to do. And so they fight about it. And then this scene oof, broke my heart. She talks about how, Hey, I heard you that night, how you, you know, you don't like me. You find it hard to be with me and to raise me. And she says that I wish it was you that had died that night and not dad, which of course, you know, we all say things like that, maybe not to that extent, but you know, things that we don't mean to our parents, but oof, that was a tough one. That was a tough one. It was really sad, and it was really hard to watch the flashback um, for when they flashback to the night that, and is this, well, sidebar, is that when it happened that we see that? Yes. Flashback? Yeah. So it's really hard to watch the flashback that is associated with this scene that Davy is talking about because it's the night that her father died, and it is before they go to her orchestra concert, and- Melina gets mad about, I don't remember what did she get mad at her about. 
Well, I think it's just there, you know, Kamala and her boyfriend and Nalini is okay with it. And she finds out that she left to go to the party. So there, there's just a, it's a boiling point. There's a bunch of, you know, unresolved feelings between the two about the night that her father died and, you know, moving to India. And so there's a whole bunch going on and she kind of drops that bomb. And when yeah. she had, when they have that scene, that's the flashback of the night that her father died when they were like, her mom was like saying all that shit about her. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. It's all really hard to watch. Yeah, it was. I mean, I'm sure that the things that her mom was saying, you know, obviously were not meant for her ears, but she didn't mean what she was saying. She was just saying that it was difficult, that, like, to raise her because they just don't see eye to eye about a lot of things and and that her and her father get along so much better. It was just really sad. And it's really sad, unfortunate that Davy heard that and had bottled that up that whole time. Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, I don't know this yet, but I feel like all parents can kind of relate to that in a way. Like sometimes our kids just have a preference for one parent and, you know, maybe there's some resentment there or maybe, I don't know, but I mean, I feel like that's definitely a relatable theme for anybody who is a parent, um, especially to a teenager that, you know, all those issues that you have. And then especially when something like this happens, something so traumatic, I mean, I can't imagine yeah, I also can't imagine how difficult it would be to grow up in one culture and then you're raising your child in a whole nother culture that is completely different and how difficult that would like how difficult that would be and how much strain that would put on your family. Absolutely. Especially again, you know, in the beginning we see the differences in just their diet and you know, the traditions of arranged marriages and how Davy should dress and how she should act and dating life. I'm yeah. Absolutely. Um, cannot imagine what that does to a family, but it, um, it certainly reaches a boiling point here and Davy actually leaves the house. She goes and moves in with Ben for a little bit. Um, he obviously has the room and um, Paxton is also avoiding Davy because of the incident with her mom and he's not really talking to her. Um, and then it comes to be her father's birthday and her mom wants to spread his ashes on the beach that I had mentioned earlier. Um, and she wants Davy to go with, she actually shows up at Ben's house to try to coax her to go. She's like, I'm going at five, but I'd love for you to be there. But, it, um, Davy refuses. She doesn't want to go. And, um, Ben actually, he knows how important this is. So he actually enlists the help of Fabiola and Eleanor and, um, they all make up and, um, I mean, I don't know if it's at this point or earlier on, but then Davy does find out about Fabiola coming out and is supportive to her friend and realizes that she hasn't really been a great friend in return. So they make up and Davy kind of comes to her senses and she's like, I have to be there for my dad. I have to be there. And um, Ben actually, I think he has his learner's permit or something. And he volunteers to drive her to the beach and he's driving really, really slow. And it's just, that's a funny scene of just like, I've never driven on on the highway and he's all scared and it's funny and driving like an old man and but he does get her there in time and she meets up with her mom and her her cousin and they actually play um the u2 song on their phone which like this touched me so much this scene where um you know they're spreading his ashes and then a u2 song of all songs is playing in the background and it's just a really a really sweet moment um between the three of them yeah, and they see John McEnroe there on the beach, which I thought was so funny. Yes. So actually, um, I read about this, and he just happened to be there, like, in town when they were shooting that scene. Like, they didn't plan for him to do that. So I thought that was funny. Just all connected. It's funny. Um, 
but, but they have that great moment. And then Davy goes back up to the car. Ben actually waited for her, which was really sweet. Um, and just making sure that, you know, she was okay. And they actually, they kiss and they are kind of sparking a little bit of a relationship, which I was all about. Cause I thought Ben was great. Was such a sweet guy. And, um, they really, you know, connected. And, but meanwhile, she's actually getting a call from Paxton who, you know, is trying to make up with her and he's actually outside of her house. And, uh, so that's how it ends. That's how the season ends. And so, um, hopefully there's a season two and we get to see what happens with, you know, Paxton and Ben and, and Davey, you know, this like love triangle and friends and, you know, what all is going to happen. The only episode that I didn't talk about was about halfway through, there is um, a Hindu Ganesh celebration at the high school. And, um, there's a whole scene kind of, I would say like this episode is actually pretty important because it does kind of talk about the, that clash of the two different cultures. Um, Nalini asked Davey to, um, smooth talk Ron who is um this college admissions advisor and he tells Davy she should um really use um her dad's death and her paralysis as like a story to get her into college because it's not just about grades anymore it's about your story about who you are and she's like no I'm not just my dad dying like I'm more than that and so she kind of refuses to do that but at the same time Kamala meets a woman who like nobody is talking to at the celebration because she um uh, refused to get an arranged marriage and she actually married um a muslim american man and then they later got divorced um and she actually tells kamala that she should go ahead with the marriage to avoid also being uh shunned by the community so i thought that was actually yeah a really interesting episode because it did talk about um you know those differences in culture and sometimes you make these decisions that you think you know i'm following my heart this is what i want to do and ended up not working out um but um, Kamala ends up, by the end of it, you know, is not really sure what she wants to do yet. She doesn't want to get married yet, but she understands, you know, why it's a part of her culture. But um, yeah, I didn't talk about that episode, but um, it was really interesting, just kind of more in depth. And the scene, there's a whole scene with a dance with a bunch of dancers. Um, I guess that took like a month to do, mm -hmm. um, but thought that was cool. I just thought that the whole added layer of like the different culture on top of a normal like teenage kind of drama show um, just added a whole nother like element to it. That was really interesting to me. It wasn't just like your normal like teenage love triangle show. It was like also all of these other things. Right. And I, um, you know, as a, a white American, you know, I see myself all the time in, in pop culture. And it's, it's refreshing to see different types of stories of different cultures and different people, even if it's, you know, American culture, there's also Indian culture and there's Asian culture and, um, even like Japanese culture because, um, Paxton, and this is actually interesting. Um, the actor who plays Paxton, that he was originally not supposed to have the Yoshida last name, but the actor has like Japanese, um, uh, um, like roots, I think his mom's Japanese. Um, and they heard him speaking on the phone to her in Japanese, like during the show. And they just wrote that part in, which I thought was kind of cool. That is really cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's nice. Just, and just refreshing to see these, these different kinds of stories that aren't stereotypes. They're just genuine stories about just different people, but it's still something that everyone can relate to. Um, we'll talk more about kind of the making of the show, just our overall thoughts. But first, let's talk about what else we're watching. 
Okay, guys, I got to talk about what else I'm watching because it's pretty much the only thing I've been watching. I've been rewatching Degrassi, which um, it is available on IMDb TV, which is free if you have Amazon Prime. If you are unfamiliar with the show, it is, um, well, it's actually, there was an original Degrassi back in the 80s. This is like their kids, and it started back in 2001, and it's a Canadian show, and it is amazing. It's so cheesy and kind of lame at times, but I absolutely love it. I watched it so much when I was in middle school and high school. It was my life and I was never able to find it anywhere. It was never streaming anywhere, but I've been wanting it to be streaming for so long. And now it is. I'm already like halfway through season three. I'm obsessed guys. Does anyone else out there watch Degrassi? I already asked Nina and she said she didn't watch it as much. So I'm I really didn't. I only saw a couple episodes, you know, I think that they kind of used it as an educational tool in high school a little bit um, with the old Degrassi before they did the reboot. Which one was that? Uh, Next Generation. So funny story. I found out that Nina actually went to the same middle school as my husband. And he told me that they watched Degrassi in school for like, for like what you said, for educational purposes. Did you ever have Mm -hmm. to watch it in school? Yeah. We watched it like, I think in like sex ed, maybe. There was a couple episodes. That's so fascinating to me. I never had to watch it. Like I watched it by choice. (laughs) That was the only, that was the first time I'd ever even heard of it was in probably middle school. And then, yeah, a little bit after that. And I saw it, like I'd seen a few episodes um, because, you know, it was like always on after school. It was like a four o'clock special on whatever TV show, like TV channel it was on. Um, So I'd seen a few episodes of it, but I just never really got into it because I didn't have any like I didn't watch it for start to finish, so I didn't have any like connection to the characters at all. So I just didn't care. I forget how I got into it. I think it was my friend's sister who watched it. It was on this channel called The N, which had like a bunch of great Canadian shows. And it wasn't just Canadian shows, um, but this was like a big front runner on that channel. And we started watching it, I think, when I was in like like sixth or seventh grade. And that was when the show was in its like second or third season. And maybe like third or fourth season, but um, wonderful show. I'm obsessed, and I that's pretty much all I've been watching for the past like week. I will say there's not really anybody that's like mega famous in that show, except for Aubrey Graham, who is Drake. So, fun fact: Drake used to be on a Canadian show, and spoiler alert: he um, ends up getting shot in a school shooting. And he is in a wheelchair for like the second half of the show. Wow. Did you not know that? No. I mean, I knew that he was on the show, but I didn't know anything about his character. Well, that happens, guys. Jimmy Brooks is his name, the character's name. There's a whole big thing. And I'm actually, well, it's in the fourth season. I'm in the middle of the third season. It hasn't happened yet, but it's getting there. It's getting close. But that's what I've been watching. You know, what have you been watching? So I have watched two things in the last week that took up some time. So the first one is, I don't know if you ever, I think you said that you did watch Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. So they just came out with an interactive movie on Netflix, which I was, first of all, just super excited that they were expanding on Kimmy Schmidt because they had just ended it, I think, last year in 2019 that there was the last season of it. Um, and it's a hysterical, hysterical show. Um, 
but the movie is kind of like a follow-up of what happens to Kimmy after the end of season five or whatever the last season is. Um, and so it skips forward. And so it's her and she's getting married to Daniel Radcliffe, who oh. is like a, a prince in some other country. Like she meets this prince who's played by Daniel Radcliffe and they're getting married. And so she is like getting ready for the wedding and all of this stuff is happening. And then she like casually finds out that like from one of the other girls that were in the bunker with her, that there was possibly more bunkers with more women um, underground. Oh, yeah. So then it's like a couple days before her wedding and she's like, oh my gosh, I have to get to the bottom of this. I have to find out. So she visits the reverend in prison and things just like shenanigans ensue. But um it's really cool because it's like a video game. Um, I don't. I think maybe Netflix did this with one episode of um, was Black it Mirror. Mirror. Yeah, yeah. So you get to it would give you options, and you just use your remote and you choose like what their destiny is or whatever. Um, it does have like the correct answer and then the incorrect answer. And so if you pick the incorrect answer, it'll play it out, and then it'll be like, "Just kidding, that was wrong." And then it'll go back and pick the right answer. So you kind of get like two movies in one sort of. So it was really fun um, for us to watch and it was just so funny. Um, and then the other thing that I just finished was season four of Working Moms. Oh, fun. It came out um, a couple weeks ago on Netflix. And that show is really fun. I'm not a mom, but I still find it hilarious. And it's a show, it's a Canadian show about um, like – boss ass moms it's like super entertaining um basically just showcases women um that have really serious careers and how they handle work-life balance with being like trying to make headway for women in the workforce while also being moms and dealing with everything that goes along with that and with marriage and divorce and all those things so um, I had been anxiously awaiting season four and those are only 30 minute episodes. So I sped right through that and now it's done. So now I have nothing. I started watching that show a couple of times. Um, I think I started watching it like last year when I was still pregnant. And then I just recently started rewatching it again. Um, cause I only made it a few episodes in, but, um, I'm going to try to watch it again. Um, but there, no, like I said, uh, fourth season of, of Riverdale is on Netflix, and I really want to get around to watching that. Although that show is a dumpster fire, it is a dumpster fire that I love to watch. It is just so ridiculous. I watched the first two seasons. I binged them, and then th that was like the all, that was all that was on Netflix at the time. So then, you know, season three was airing live, and then when that came to Netflix, I was like, I don't even remember what happened in seasons one and two. So. I'm just going to wait until it's all over and then binge the entire series. Season three is ridiculous. It's it's too much. But I, they ended it on such a crazy cliffhanger in season three that I have to watch season four. Also, Luke Perry died in the middle of it. And I really want to see yeah. what they did to like – because he was a big character. He was Archie's dad. So they have to figure out something. So sad. But and I don't know how closely um, Riverdale – follows the like archie comics do you have any idea uh it's like a really dark adaptation it's not i mean oh, okay. it's the same it's basically just like the same characters and that's it okay so they <laughs> probably didn't have any idea what to do with archie's dad dying either probably no it's very sad it is sad r.i.p luke perry 
Um, but I'm excited to watch that. I'm also really excited because I think, what is it, this week? Um, or is it next week? Space Force. Yes, I can't wait. Yay! I just watched the full trailer yesterday and I got so excited. There's a lot of people in there, like Ben Schwartz. I didn't realize he was in that show. Um, Lisa Kudrow, of course. Um, I saw a ton of people that were also in the office, like small actors, Steve Carell, of course. Um, I think even, um, oh my God, I can't even think of his name, but he's, uh, um, oh God, I can't think of the actor's name, but there's a ton of big names in that John show. John is in it. Yes, him. Oh, and Fred Willard is in it, who yes. just died last week. Yeah. So sad. Yeah. Oh my God. My dog just sounded like a firework. <laughs> like, um, I'm very excited to watch that. It comes out in a couple days. Super excited. And oh. I'm pretty sure we're going to review it unless it's absolutely terrible. Then we won't. But mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I don't think Steve Carell can do, no, do any wrong. I agree. Um, but yeah, that's what else we're watching. Okay, everybody, welcome back to our review of Never Have I Ever. So um, like I said, that the show was created by Mindy Kaling and um, it's kind of based on his life. Um, Nina, did you at all do any other research to see if like her dad actually died? Like, or if it was just like loosely based on her experience? Um, it was just loosely based. I did do a little research. It seems that her dad is still living though. Her mom did die um, in 2012 from pancreatic cancer. So that, but I feel like that's like unrelated to the show really. So he was an adult by that point. Um, But I love her. And when I remember, I remember I follow her on Twitter and I remember her talking about this show. I just thought like, that's just so awesome. And um, we've talked about this before on the podcast, um, you know, maybe like a year or so ago. Um, it's just so awesome to see, I think it was, um, well, we never reviewed, uh, crazy rich Asians, but we talked about it for sure. It's just wonderful to see, um, so many, um, actors of color playing, you know, into their culture and their stories and their lives. It's just so just interesting to me. I, and I just, I want more of it. I want more of these kinds of stories that are different than what we typically see. Cause like I said, we talk a lot about coming of age stories, um, but none really like this. So um, I found this to be super refreshing and it's just a good show. It was really funny. Like I was laughing the entire time. I really, really enjoyed this show. Um, but I would be interested to hear Jamie, what reviews you saw online about it. It, it received relatively, um, very positive reviews. Um, a lot of what I read was very positive on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a 96% um, with a consensus saying, never have I ever's fresh take on the coming of age comedy is hilariously honest, sweetly smart, and likely to have viewers falling head over heels for charming newcomer Maitri's, uh, Maitri Ramakrishnan. On Metacritic, it has a weighted average score of 80 out of 100. Um, indicating generally favorable reviews. And everyone that I've talked to that have, has seen this show says that they loved it and thought it was really sweet. Yeah, I think so too. Um, there's just a lot of really good, like, um, 
there's like heart-wrenching moments there's feel-good moments there's like so many scenes where you just feel like such empathy for the characters um it really is pretty immersive i think for a lot of teenage experiences absolutely and i think too that I mean, this is stuff, again, that we all go through as teenagers, maybe not these stories specifically, but it, it just shows that everyone's going through something. You know, Fabiola is coming coming to terms with her sexuality. Um, so I think that that was really important for gay teens to see. Um, and sorry to bring up Degrassi again, but it really shows kind of how far we've come as far as pop culture. In this show, um, being gay, of course, she still has troubles coming out to her to her family and her friends. Um, and her family ends up being, of course, very supportive. Um, but in Degrassi, there is a character named Marco who is gay and there's so much homophobia in the show. I mean, they show that it's wrong, but I'm uh, just the difference in how, you know, gay teens are portrayed just between these two shows that are about 20 years apart, um, is amazing. Just that growth is awesome. Um, Eleanor and her mother, of course, Davy and her, um, her father passing away and her issues with her mom and then Ben with parents that are never around. Um, you know, these are things that all teens deal with. And as an adult too, like you can, you can appreciate the honesty in that and how well these topics are talked about. Another thing that I really loved is that Davy goes to therapy. Um, yes. I thought that it was so significant that they show her at her therapy sessions, talking to her therapist, who I don't remember who the character is or who the actress is that plays her therapist, but she's awesome. Um, Niecy Nash, so it is. But um, I feel like it's so, like, it, it's good to normalize therapy, first of all. Um, but second of all, to recognize that there are things that happen in our lives that are obviously way out of our control. And it is something that it's like it's not a bad thing to seek help um, for those things and to have that for even somebody that's in high school that's, you know, 16 years old, seeing a therapist after her dad dies. And even she seems to think, you know, she has times where she's like, this isn't even like useful or whatever. But then she has a lot of other times where she's like learning so much from her therapist and about herself um, and about why she sets her expectations for herself as far as like, having a boyfriend, having sex in high school and those kinds of things. Um, it's just really good to shed light on that situation, really. Yes. And can we talk about that for a second about the importance? I talk about this all the time. Therapy works. Therapy is so important and there's no shame in going to therapy. Frankly, I think everybody should because we all have things that we could, you know, deal with. Um, but I, I do have to talk about, um, I don't know if anybody has seen this, Nina, have used, did you see Ben Sass's uh, graduation speech to Fremont High School? Yes. Oh my oh, gosh. And by seeing it, I watched a couple minutes of it and it was so cringeworthy that I couldn't finish it. So if you're, you should hopefully know who Ben Sass is. He is one of Nebraska's senators. He delivered a commencement speech to Fremont High School, which is a, um, Fremont's a nearby town um, to Omaha, um, and he is an alma mater of that, or that is his alma mater, Fremont High School. And the speech is horrendous, but one of the biggest takeaways is he completely trash talks um, the whole profession of psychology. He tells the students that they shouldn't go to school for psychology and that that's not a joke. I won't talk about the rest of it. It, it has its own problems, but dude, do not tell teenagers that psychology is a worthless profession because it's absolutely not, especially in these times when, um, especially like our healthcare providers are going through so much mentally during this awful time. 
we should, that's the exact opposite of what we should be doing. We should be praising mental health and getting help when you need it. I mean, I just, oh, that made me so angry when he said that. So I just had to bring it up. Yeah, I think it, it was infuriating, first of all. And then also, like, I think that the transition between high school and college is a huge time to start addressing, you know, seeing a therapist or addressing how difficult that transition can be for a lot of people. A lot of colleges, mm-hmm. including the University of Nebraska, offer free counseling for students. So to even talk about that at a commencement, in a commencement speech, I just just made me want to throw up. I'm so mad. But um it was very inappropriate. Super inappropriate for anybody to ever say to anybody, let alone an entire class of high school seniors from the senator. But anyway, um, it's just so important to recognize how significant therapy is in a lot of people's lives. And and as I was watching the show, it's funny because, you know, a lot of the basis of um, how we develop into who we are is from what we learn from our parents. And so when there's so there's in this show, there's so many different like parent dynamics between the characters. Um, everybody's family situation is so different. And so, you know, I'm thinking like Ben and his family situation, like I, well, I just feel so bad for Ben anyway, because, mm-hmm. you know, just because you have money doesn't mean you're happy, obviously. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he probably could benefit from seeing a therapist for yes. the feelings that he has. And obviously, Davey benefits from seeing her therapist, even though she can't always see that at the forefront of what's happening. So I just feel like it was so, so important that they included that in the storyline. And I feel like normalizing it in shows that are made for, I don't necessarily think that the show was like made for teenagers because I really enjoyed it as an adult too. But with a teenage cast and a teenage setting, I feel like that's a, that's an excellent time to start normalizing it. Absolutely. I 100% agree. And it's funny, even this is, you know, again, we were teenagers like 10 years ago. Um, you know, even then, like the idea of like somebody seeing a therapist was so taboo and it was really refreshing to see it just so normalized. And like I said, also with, you know, gay teens and, and coming out, um, all these topics that are, were unheard of in teen comedies just 10, 20 years ago are so normalized now it was so refreshing and, um, just made me feel good about just, um, teens today and what's out there for them to watch. They have, such positive images of, of these different topics, um, and really good ways of, of dealing with those topics. So I, I 100% agree. I did find an article, um, with some um, words from Mindy Kaling, um, that I wanted to share with everybody, um, about, about the show and the making of, and, um, she said for all of us in the writer's room, particularly those of us who were the children of immigrants, which comprised most of my staff. So I thought that was cool. A lot of her staff was uh, children of immigrants. Um, it was about sharing those stories of feeling other. Um, one of the best parts about being in that room was realizing that they felt so many of the same things I did. And it was such a relief. It made me feel like, okay, I'm normal, which again, um, for somebody who was a first generation, um, who was a child of immigrants who watches the show again, it is representation is so important and seeing yourself on screen and stories like yours, is so important, especially for teens, you know, to know that they're not alone, that the feelings that they feel and those issues with, you know, clashes in culture 
or whatever, you know, are totally normal and things that other people go through. It's so important to have these stories shared, not just the same thing over and over and over again, you know, something that everyone can relate to, but still tells those stories that don't always get to be told. So I think that that's amazing that, and especially the fact that her her staff was also comprised of, of other children of immigrants. I think that's really, really cool. I love that about her. I think that's one of her goals as a producer and actress in general um, is to be more inclusive, I think, in, in television and in movies. And um, I just really admire that about her. Me too. Um, and I think she, I also appreciated that she did think it was important to cast younger stars as well. Um, she said that she grew tired early on of seeing the same 28-year-old gorgeous Bollywood stars audition for parts. Um, and particularly for the, the lead, she wanted an actual high school sophomore. She wanted an actual teenager. Um, so I think that that really paid off too. And I just, I love a good teen show with actual teenagers because, I mean, no one wants to see a 28-year-old trying to play a 15-year-old. It's just not realistic. Like, to have kids that are actually that age going through those things on screen playing those parts is, is really important for representation as well. And I think, um, did you ever see the show Pen15? No, it's always coming up on my Netflix, but I've never watched it. It's a hysterical show um, about, uh, it's actually the two actresses, it's about their lives when they were in middle school, which was a huge throwback for me because it was about the time I was in middle school. Um, so they're actually in their 20s, and I think actually one of the actresses is like 30, maybe like early 30s, playing middle schoolers, but they kind of look the part, but the rest of the cast is actual middle schoolers. And again, I just, I, I think that's how it should be done because- I don't know. There's just something weird about seeing like a 30 year old playing like a 17 year old in high school. That's just weird to me. However, one of the actors in this show, Paxton is 29, but he, he does look young. So, I mean, there, there is, you know, a casting for that for, you know, somewhat young. I mean, 29 is not old. Um, you know, older actors playing teens because they look young is common, but I'm pretty sure the rest of the cast was teenagers. So that's, that's good. And it's important, at least that the lead was. Yes, I agree. Um, one last thing I did want to bring up again, we had talked about how this is semi-autobiographical for Mindy Kaling. The same article that I'm reading now, um, they ask her about that, how much of the show is autobiographical. Um, and Netflix originally was open to having it set in like the 80s or the 90s when uh, Mindy was actually um, a teenager, but she'd seen that done so well with shows like Fresh Off the Boat and Everybody Hates Chris. She really wanted to speak to kids now. Um, and what I also read, um, there's a scene, I forget which episode it is, where they're doing like a TikTok dance. So when they filmed this show, it was way before TikTok actually like took off in the way that it did. So it actually kind of paid off that that scene was in there because now TikTok dances are so huge among teenagers. So relevant. So, That's hilarious. Yeah. I thought that was too. Cause I bet when they filmed it, like, I don't know, like a year ago, nobody really had TikTok or talked about it or cared about it. Um, so I think that's funny that, that, that worked out. Um, but yeah, I'm um, just kind of overall, it, this is a great show um, and it's relevant and it has, you know, such important messages about, you know, coming of age, being a teenager, clashing cultures, understanding each other, and um, just family. Family is such a big theme in this show. 
Um, so if you haven't given it a watch, you definitely should, but, um, let's get into our review. Um, I think I'm going to give this one, I feel like I've been giving a lot of fives out, but five out of five, I saw nothing wrong with this show. It is written very well. The acting's great. The cast is wonderful. It's funny. It's heartfelt. It's sweet. And hopefully it gets another season because it is just a phenomenal show. And everyone that I've talked to that's watched it loves it. So, you know, why not? give it another season or two or three or however many you need. But um, yeah, five out of five for me. What about you, Nina? I would agree. I loved it. Um, There was nothing about it that I didn't like either. I'm anxious, really super anxious for season two. Um, I hope that it doesn't, I could see this possibly getting like going too long kind of. Um, I'm interested to see if it's going to be an entire like season of just wrapping up Loose Ends from season one or if there's going to be some more shenanigans that happen. Um, but I just feel like it is, she's obviously got some more time left in high school and some things to work out with her mom and all those things. So, um, I'm anxious to see how that's going to all play out. And I really, really, really enjoyed season one. Yeah, I guess I can see what you mean with that too. Like, um, I hope it doesn't, you know, just drag on, but Hey, we were worried about dead to me season two and it ended up being amazing. So hopefully if there is a season two of the show, I want to see what happens with Paxton and Ben and everybody and it was great well guys um that was never have i ever so again that is on netflix if um you weren't spoiled enough and you still want to watch it definitely go give it a watch and as always guys let us know if there's anything out there that you're watching that um you think that we should give a review and of course thank you to all of our healthcare professionals for what you're doing right now and hey since we were talking about it with mental health um this is a scary time and it's a really hard time for you guys that are you know doing your job and, and dealing with, with the realities of, of this pandemic. So, um, you know, we are always here for you. Atlas is always here for you. Um, we have plenty of resources, but, um, reach out to your recruiter or, and hey, either of us, you know, we're here too. Um, well, Nina is also a recruiter. I'm not, but, um, you, you can reach out to us and, um, anyone at Atlas, we're always here for you. Um, but Hey, next episode is in June. So, um, if there's anything that's coming out in the next couple of months over the summer that you think that we should review, let us know and uh, we'll put it on our list. Um, but until then, you guys keep on streaming. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. Let us know in the comments what you're watching and if we should give it a review. Until next time, keep streaming. <laughs>